0: V I V I V I
1: P stepmoms that's you and me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another VIPod. And I go through this every time we start, so you guys are just used to it. So don't get mad at me. I don't know if this is called a VIPod or a VIPod or a pod I don't know. Yes, I named it, and after I named it, I like. You know what, just naja, stay on task. You guys always know I do this, so. Today, we're talking about high-conflict baby daddies, a high-conflict dude. We spend a lot of time focusing on issues that stepmothers deal with, meaning women that are people that identify as women, and you are dealing with a person that identifies as a woman who's a high-conflict mother, meaning you are the stepmother to her children. I've been getting an influx, however, of questions, DMs, requests. I've been seeing comments and people are like, okay, Naja, I love the community. I love what you do, but I have a high conflict bio dad in my life and I don't know how to handle it. And so I will tell you guys this if you don't if you are a person that is child free if you have an excellent relationship with your own children's father i still want you to listen to this because you'll notice that there are some key similarities between high conflict biological mothers but then there's some stark differences in the dudes so what is a high conflict person a high conflict person tends to have four characteristics number one They have a preoccupation with blaming others. This means everything is your fault. You made my life harder. You ended the relationship. You're hurting the kids. You're doing this. It's like, oh God, that sounds kind of familiar, right? Number two, they have an all or nothing thinking. And we see this black or white, all or nothing thinking with people that are typically categorized as having some of the predispositions of a person that has borderline personality disorder. Now, you don't have to be a diagnosed borderline to have a all or nothing thinking. But typically, when a person has a high conflict personality, there's no flexibility. There's no in between. The moment you show them that you are not aligned with what they want to do with their mission, the way that they think you become a bad person. And that's just not true. That's so illogical to me and you as people that think logically. But again, high conflict, people don't think logically. Number three, unmanaged or intense emotions. This means you'll see them going from being kind of cool or trying to hold it together to becoming completely out of control. These people exist in a space in a state of constant chaos and so when you see them being kind of cool it's because they're trying so hard but one little trigger one little blow of the wind turns them into a completely well I can't say different person but it kind of makes them it it shines a light on who they actually are and number four extreme behavior and or threats that was kind of self-explanatory Because we all know what extreme means. It means it's something that's out of the norm or this is uncalled for. And if these people are making threats, and I'm not just talking about physical threats. If you have a person that is constantly threatening, and I'm using air quotes right now. Y'all can't see me. But if you have somebody that's constantly threatening to take you to court, or I'm going to tell the kids you did this, or they're threatened to expose you on things that um, seem pretty unfair, then you they have a high conflict personality. And again, none of this that I'm saying is a diagnosis. This is just a description of types of conflict behaviors. And so, you I know you notice some similarities in how I approach speaking on high conflict biological mothers, but a lot of that applies to the dads. The one difference, and you all know this is a general generally speaking, the one difference that I have categorically read and heard and done research on is that these high conflict biological fathers, they tend to get more violent. And I'm not negating the fact that we know that these baby mamas will give you a run for your money and will give kind of cuckoo for cocoa pups on your behind. But um You know, like it's like the men, there's a certain level of violence that they feel okay exacting against their children's mother. And I'm addressing this topic because while a lot of you are stepmothers, meaning your partner has children with someone else, you're also a biological mother and you're also trying to navigate conflict possibly from the other side. So those of us that don't have the situation, it's still important for you to sit and listen to this because I just think it's good for us to explore other scenarios beyond our own. That's how we build empathy and compassion and understanding. So I received a DM. I've received so many DMs, but this one really stuck out to me because I was like, this is what everybody's, this is what everybody kind of says, it's the same behavior. So she says, hey, Naja, I started following you this morning, after listening to the Baby Mama No Drama podcast, oh, that was such a fun podcast! I did. I was a guest on um, on a podcast, guys. I'll send I'll, I'll I'll save the link down below in the description so you guys can go and listen to that one too cuz I'm spilling all my little tea. So she said this episode hit home hard for me. Even though I'm not a stepmom and I'm the bio mom. In my situation the roles are reversed. My daughter's daughter's bio dad is unhinged and has not moved on with his life. There's a word unhinged, y'all. My daughter is 7. I met my daughter my I met my husband when she was one and a half and her father has tried to make our lives miserable. The only peace we had was when he went to jail for two years. Damn. But ever since he's gotten out, he's been a bitter baby daddy for lack of better words. I try to remind him that our daughter's best interest is what's most important. And my husband tries to stay out of it the best he can. He and baby daddy have never met for safety reasons, but he's at his wit's end with her dad at this point. Do you have any advice on a better way to move forward? I've completely taken my feelings forward for her bio dad out of this toward bio dad out of this situation. And I try to keep my cool, but a bitch is tired. That's, that's what she said. <laughs> she said a bitch is tired. Girl, I feel you because a bitch over here is tired, too. Here's the thing. So you mentioned that it was peace and quiet when he took his behind to jail. I do wonder with this particular bio dad, he seems to want to fight you. Or he wants to fight for a position with you. But I do wonder how much he's actually fighting. And fighting is such a bad word when we're talking about high conflict people. But I do wonder how much he's advocating for himself to have a positive position in your daughter's life. It doesn't sound like he is because it kind of sounds like he's wreaking havoc on the two people that give your daughter the most care, which is you and your husband. And so I would say, number one. I know this is an understatement, and a lot of this advice I'm giving you all, it sounds easier said than done, or it's probably stuff that you've already done, but I have to reiterate. I have to reiterate. So, number one, there has to be some sort of no-contact clause, meaning you tell him, you are not allowed to contact me. And this means you're probably going to have to take your butt to court. You're going to have to get some sort of order of protection. We have a mutual injunction which basically says neither party can contact the other. That means... We can't contact them, which we never did in the first place because we didn't want we didn't want the smoke and they can't contact us, which has literally made our lives. It's like I can wake up and hear the birds chirping every morning because I don't have to worry about the damn phone dinging about dumb stuff. That doesn't mean that they don't try to go through the kids, but y'all know. Y'all know talk about that a lot anyway. Back to this DM though. So you're gonna have to get some sort of injunction, some sort of relief through the court system. That's the first thing. He's been in jail, so I imagine he doesn't want that smoke with the penal system again, but he might be very familiar with them. And we all know that these um orders from the court, it's just a piece of paper. That's not gonna protect you physically. That's not gonna stop a crazy person who doesn't who thinks they're above the law or these things don't apply to them from coming to your house, from calling you. But what What will happen is now you have something to take over to the authorities to say, Hey, I got this thing from the judge. They told him not to call me, not to come to the school, not to come within 500 feet of my person or my home. And they're right here. That means they get their behinds hauled off to jail. Now they're going to go to jail and they're going to be pissed off when they get back. And after that third or fourth time, it's going to cost them some money and some time. And so either they'll back off completely And if they back off it completely, that shows you this person was not, they weren't concerned about seeing their kid. They wanted control. And now that they realize they can't control you in their way, because every time they try to control you, their, their freedom gets taken away and they start to go away. Then, yeah, we know that was not about the love for a misguided love for a child. We know that was simply an unhinged person who was scared to lose control. So this person also mentions what a lot of you deal with, especially those of you that are biological mothers and your new partner is great to your biological children. So your partner, your stepmom, you made your partner a stepdad and he made you a stepmom, but your ex and I know you've warned him about your ex. I know you told him the stories. I know you've shared with him the, the abuse. But one thing I can't ask any of you guys as partners, just like I don't ask or request The stepmoms, I I would never say, oh, look past it or accept it because I know this stuff makes you lose sleep. I know it's made you consider ending your relationship. I know it's changed how you kind of look at your partner. I know this stuff causes harm, emotional harm to you, because if you're dealing with a high conflict co-parent, this person is abusive. They abused you when you were in a relationship with them. And now they're getting they're having the privilege and opportunity to do it when they're not with you. So it's like you never got to escape. And I know you're afraid because you don't want to send your child over there. I have a client who's been with me for about two years now. She lives in Canada. She when I first met her, she was like, Naja, you know, it's always somebody hears me on a podcast or you saw a blog that I've written. And she's like, Naja, I know that you help stepmoms. I was like, I, 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 I'm a coach, honey. The page that you found me on is my stepmom page, but I am a coach. I coach families, individuals, entrepreneurs. Y'all get the point. I was like, so I help people in conflict. I help people that are in some sort of tough life transition. That's the gift. That's one of the gifts besides being a supermodel that God has given me. And so when she came to me, she was like, "Naja, I have a high conflict by baby daddy. And he's making my life hell. And he's telling my daughter certain things. And she's coming home, repeating these lies from her father. And she would send me the screenshots and text messages because I'm that type of coach. Like when, when once a client, she still texts me, even though we're not like actively working together. She still texts me to update me on her life because y'all, y'all get super invested. And i like to know what's going on with you guys, especially when we spent so much time and energy on one another. So back then she would send me the screenshots from this guy and he would literally call her names and tell her even she would send the kid over to him clean um homework done beautiful little girl smart um, never cut off contact with him he would get a message and say I don't want these filthy clothes that she has on from your house the clothes that you wore her when you dropped her off they're in a bag on my porch I won't allow them in my home like this dude with do stuff like that y'all He, when she and him were in a relationship and I don't think she would mind cause you know, this girl's testimony is just so glorious. He would send her like he, he, I'm sorry. When he was in a relationship with her, I think they were together for like two years. She had already come to the relationship with a child and he was like, listen, I'm not going to be involved at all with your kid unless she calls me dad." And I was like, girl, you let that happen. And she was like, well, you yeah, alls was in love. And, you know, my daughter's father had already said that he didn't want to be involved. So I wanted her to have a day. And I was like, okay, you know, you kind of got a two for one deal. But those are the signs right there, y'all, that somebody's going to turn psychomania on you. That they need so much control that they can't deal with the fact that there's another person that has um, some sort of parental connection to your kid. Like, they can't deal with that. So, she, like this guy that she was with to do things like that, this was two years ago, just here recently, they've broken up. He's told her, of course, and y'all know what typically happens, that um, that daughter of yours that you had before... I'm not her father. I don't want to be with her. Me and you are not together. She doesn't need to talk to me. She doesn't need to say my name. He's even told his biological child with my client, your sister can't come over here. And that's that's just your half sister. And so these are things that you see your high conflict parent. And by law, you got to send your kid over to them. So by law, you are making your child's, you're giving this person access to kind of screw around with their kid's mental health. And so I commend anybody And I'm talking to the women today that are dealing with a high-conflict biological dad. I commend a mother especially when you're trying everything you can to be healthy, sane, and balanced, and you have to deal with a man. So, you know, as a woman, first, for a lot of us, it's in our nature to be nurturing. We want to provide that protective covering. It's innate. We have like a sixth Sense Our brain starts to change once we give birth to these babies. And literally, nature makes us focus wholly on our babies and raising them and pruning them. I mean, heck, your body becomes a vending machine to your freaking kid. You are their life source. And so that's the connection that a mother has with her baby. Even an unhealthy, high-conflict mom, she still has that connection with her baby, y'all. So it's innate in you to want to protect your child. And so when you're in a position to where you might have to, by law, allow or give your high conflict biological father access, and you know they are saying demoralizing, disrespectful, and just flat out lying to your child about you, I mean, I... I, That's a tough thing. I do have a lot of resources that I give to bio dads and to stepmoms about, you know, just how to combat that when your kid comes back talking about all this stuff that that they heard at their other home. So this would apply here, too. You still have to use those exact same tactics. It's in the VIP members portal. um, So you'll be able to find that. And so this particular client, this was years ago. We started working together before the right when the pandemic hit. So it's been like two years now she has not backed down. What we had to do, because sometimes I'm being, I'm generalizing here. Y'all don't get mad at me for generalizing, but sometimes women, we do tend to get a bit emotional. And the person that tries to exact control over you, they know how to push your buttons. They know how to pick at you. They know what to say. And so the gray rock method works. And I'm not saying all of our ex-partners, our baby daddies are narcissists, but They might have one or two or three little tendencies that's making your journey harder. And so what I want you to do is whenever they do send you a message attacking your person, attacking your maternal instincts, attacking you as a mom, I want you to just not respond to any of that because it's really not true. First of all, it's a lie. Y'all, if I spent my time responding to lies that people said about me, I I would literally have a whole... I'd probably have to build a whole new Instagram page called uh, The Lies. And I would be fighting that all day. But that's I I pay attention to people that pour into me. And I want you to do that. The people that grow me and water me and feel like sunshine or a a warm breeze, that's who gets all my love and attention. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I try to help you all because you pour back into me. Do you think I'm going to make a whole podcast about something some hater said out there? Or some high conflict baby mama said, I'm not doing that. Now, I will probably play it for y'all. And so we can all laugh at their asses, but I'm not going to address that. So the thing is, when you get these types of false accusations made against you, I don't think that unless it's something egregious like abuse. Um, let's just say, you know, your co-parent has a way of trying to push your buttons. And they've tried everything. They've thrown everything to the wall. If nothing has sticked, they've attacked your partner. Your other kids called you ugly, fat, smelly, dumb, broke, all that stuff. And then they're like, oh, you abused my child. I do think that there are some things that you should address. And by doing that, all you're going to say is, I see that you are now trying to make up abuse allegations. Those are categorically untrue. This will be my response each time you bring up a false allegation. And every time they say something about that, copy and paste that. There's a way of I I do think a narcissist has like an endless supply of energy, but you don't have to be their supply. And so once they see they're not getting what they need from you, they do go elsewhere. Typically, that elsewhere is going to be your kid. So what do you do when your kid is coming home and now they are the narcissist supply? Because this child loves their father. They look up to him. Possibly you have to teach your child. And you're not going to tell your 459-year-old dad he's a narcissist and he's abusive. You're not going to tell them that. But you're going to say, "You know what, baby? Your life journey is a little bit different. You are so special because you are learning a whole bunch of lessons that a lot of kids don't get to learn until later in life. Mommy didn't met it until you met she met your asshole daddy. Don't say that part. But you tell your kid, "You're going to be learning a lot of lessons when you go with your dad, and you're going to have to try to see what is true and what is not true. And they and you're gonna they're gonna say, well how do I know what's true and what's not true? You're gonna say, sometimes when you hear things, if daddy says bad things about mommy, then it's it's probably gonna make you feel bad. It's not going to make you feel sad. That is something that's not going to be true. If mommy says anything bad about daddy and it makes you feel bad, I want you to say, Mommy, you're making me feel bad for talking about daddy. And if your daddy says something bad about mommy, I want you to say, daddy, I don't want you to talk about my mommy. And you have just like I'm telling you, mama, to repeat that um, line that I just told you to repeat. I'm not, you know, about those allegations. I want you to teach your child how to do the exact same thing. And the unfortunate part is your child is more susceptible Because their mind is still like a sponge. And you're going to have to teach your child how to combat this thing that they're going to have to confront later on in life anyway. There's a lot of tools and resources on how to mend and help your child to navigate. And I want to say this. A lot of us at this point in the game, in our ages, have already come across a narcissist, a high conflict person before we even got with these people, these baby mamas and baby daddies. A lot of us already have. And wouldn't you have liked to known how, how to combat that early on? Just think about what you would have done with that schoolyard bully if you had known how to properly disarm them and take them apart. physical force. I mean, sometimes you do have to, especially on the playground, you got to beat some ass. But as adults, we don't really do that anymore. But you see what happens when you emit emotionally and verbally beat that ass. Your bully starts to stand down when they see that it's not affecting you and that you're not afraid. What do they do? They go start picking on somebody else. They go find their supplies, somebody else. And so if you're teaching your child this from an early stage, I don't want you to look at it as, oh, woe is me. I got to show my child how to deal with their parent as a bully. Honey, this is an opportunity. I don't look at all this stuff as a problem. I see this. This is my area of opportunity to arm my child very early on. I don't feel sorry for myself for having to deal with this any longer. You all, I honestly don't. I said, okay, Nadja, this is your opportunity to show, give your husband some tools so that he can give to his children. And so that you can give your stepchildren tools on how to deal with a toxic mother. And I'm doing that. I don't say your mom is toxic. I would never say anything like that because at this point they, they're not able to see that. Because what a toxic parent is really good at doing is making themselves seem very centered. Their feelings, their thoughts, their emotions, their needs are centered. So the children don't, until they sit down on somebody's couch when they're in their 30s and all screwed up, they don't even realize that, oh my God, I didn't get to center my own emotions. My mother was quite selfish. She was toxic. They don't realize that. What we're going to do, though, stepmoms, those of you that have these high conflict bio dads in your life, we're going to show that your child, when they are sitting on somebody's couch, and we all need to sit on someone's couch from time to time, there ain't nothing wrong with that. You all know that. You know, I'm an advocate for therapy, coaching, any kind of, all the self-help books, anything you can do just to make this journey a little bit less hectic. You know, I'm an advocate for that. So when your own child, stepmom, is sitting on someone's couch, talking about their experience with their mom and their stepdad, And then their dad, I want them to understand that mama taught me how to center myself when daddy was pulling me away. Mama taught me, mama gave me all the resources and all you can do mama is give your child the resources because at a certain point we know we can't protect them from anything. Remember that time? remember they 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 were first born they had those cute little fat little legs and cheeks and fingers and toes and then by the time they were one or two they had gotten their first little bink they got a scratch on their arm or legs and you're like oh my god you know like that's life though we can't protect our kids from getting these scratches and binks but we can teach them how to deal with them we can teach them how to deal with them so they don't affect them in a detrimental way When your kid gets a scratch or a bank, you say, hey, baby, you see you scratched yourself on the table. I need you to be careful on the table. And then you go get a table guard to guard them from that. You just don't leave the sharp edge of the table because, you know, your kid is a little goofy little thing and they're going to run into it. Same thing you do with the table guard. You have to have a guard. You have to have a you have to have a resources. You have to have to have something to guard your child from being susceptible, from being hurt. Because when they go to daddy's house, he's the pointy end of the table and your kid's forehead is headed right for it. And so you have to teach your child, when you go over to daddy's house, I need you to take this little table guard with you. Daddy doesn't have one over there. He has a lot of pointy edges you can hurt yourself on, but... You're gonna to have to take your own, and these resources and these emotionally psychological tools that you're teaching your kid, that's what they're going to take with them, not only to dad's house but in life. So then she, um, and this, I'm going back to this DM real quick. She said, "Does you ha- do you have any advice for her husband? Oh my God, because see, the male ego is is a powerful thing. We've seen the male ego start damn near everywhere World War." If we're about to have another one over there in Russia and Ukraine, if we're about to have another one, then it's going to start another war. Literally, the male ego can burn down civilizations. And so our children are certainly not immune to what the male ego can do. First and foremost, I want you and your husband to get in some sort of conflict resolution counseling. I definitely help couples that are trying to navigate because it was difficult for me to watch my husband be disrespected and to watch him be targeted by a person that abused him during the course of their um when they had a ugh ugh I just got a bad taste in my mouth when they had a romantic ugh, I can't even say it when they had a romantic relationship okay I'm going to throw up real quick so this person was abusive then and so the abuse doesn't stop just cuz you break up it gets even, it's like, oh, they find craftier ways to be abusive. And so it was hard for me as a woman to sit and watch someone be so nasty and disrespectful to someone that I know is a good dad, to someone that I know is playing a surplus of child support, to an unemployed mom, and his money is really the only reason why they eat. So really, I got four step kids, not three. Nigel, don't be petty today because you're trying to help people, okay? So, you know, watching that disrespect was difficult. So I understand, and you understand how you're... It, if you have a high conflict by your mom, you understand how your partner feels. But there's this thing that goes a little bit deeper because men, when they come in, they see it as, okay, you're my woman. I want to protect you and everything that's in this household, including the children that you have before me, but especially you. And so this is a place where he feels like he doesn't have, he's not able to pump his manhood because what can he say to this guy? I don't want your new husband to meet this person. I don't want any of you all's new partners to meet your high conflict baby daddy. I have a a friend. She, he, her son is eleven now, and the baby daddy d- d- does not pay child support because he doesn't believe in these are his words, not mine, y'all. And he's a black guy, um, but my my friend is white. And he was like, <laughs> he was like when he when she put him on child support because she was like, listen, I'm begging you for eighty dollars for a school fee. Or I'm asking you to help me, even with when it came to buying diapers, because she and I've been friends for 15, 20 years now. You know, so I was there before the baby was born when she was dating this deadbeat, and I knew he was gonna be a deadbeat. And I told her, ass, and she didn't listen to me, and she had a kid with him. So now we're here. I'm talking about her on my podcast, but she wouldn't mind either because she has an amazing husband now. She is a new family. Her husband has adopt uh, is trying to adopt her son. Um, but this bio dad will not let go. It's come to the point to where he's reached out to the new husband on Facebook asking him to meet with him, and the new husband has no respect for this guy because he's like, "Dude, I've never seen you since I've been with this woman since before we started dating when I met." your son a year afterwards, he was asking me, could he call me dad? And and I know y'all know how I feel about that. When she told me that, I was like, girl, that's kinda shady. But then they it was literally explained to me how it happened. And I was like, oh, this kid came up with this on his own. Yikes. There was no alienation. And his dad was not really active, so it's kinda like they agreed to it. Rather you know, regardless of how I feel about all that stuff. I was like, all right, I gotta respect it. I love you. You're my friend. And you're not harming your child. This dude has popped up in Facebook. This dude saw events that this guy was at and showed up and was like, hey, let me talk to you. Let me confront you. And he, you know, gave his same spiel. She doesn't let me see my son. Um, she doesn't do this and she doesn't do that. And as opposed to trying to defend his now wife, he was like, man, you know, um, I think you're going to have to find a lawyer and take that up with the courts. I'm not here to talk about that tonight. Um, we, I'm not going to be even engaging engage in conversation with you, but... It was nice to meet you. And after we get this settled in court, I look forward to sitting down with you. And the dude was kind of dumbfounded. Like, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go back and forth. With me. You're not, you let me talk all this shit about your wife. You're not going to defend her. And this dude being so confident in his malehood and his position as a father and a husband and a protector of this woman, he was able to walk away. Now he was not physically threatened. He had seen all of the nasty things that this dude had said about his wife, but some sort of way he was able to keep his composure because the dude didn't physically threaten him. I imagine it would have been a different story if the guy was like super aggressive and, you know, started name calling. But I guess as respectful as, you know, deadbeat could have been, he was because he was trying to rally the troops. So what happened after he saw that old boy was cool, he started, he went away for a while. He went away. And so what my friends started doing, they moved toward um, her husband adopting the child. And the dad would show up at like the third hearing and be like, nope, I don't want to sign over rights. And he's very much in arrears and child support. Um, The mother does give the child access. But you know how it is. Your kid kind of, if they see you stressing out mom, and that's the one thing that these high conflict biological mothers are really good at, is they make their children think that daddy hurts me. Daddy stresses me out and it makes the child not want to be as involved with a father that actually does care because a high conflict biological mother will say, daddy's stressing me out because he's not letting me cuss him out or he's blocking me or he won't meet me and change locations at the last minute or he won't let me meet his new partner or he's not giving me more money above the child support. So they, they'll they do that and manipulate these children. So, you know, it, that's why alienation is such a dangerous, evil, vile thing. Because sometimes you just don't know. If, if it's been difficult in me looking at situations in my own real life with some people that I love very much. Because I do have friends that have alienated their children's fathers. And I have some people that I've lost when I started doing this work. And I started calling them out saying, oh my God, what you are doing is disgusting. I can't call myself your friend and sit and watch this. I've had some friends that are no longer alienating or high conflict. One of them has been on my podcast. Her name is Amina Imani. If you look on I Know I'm Crazy podcast with Najah Hall, the, the public one. Y'all know this is a private one. This is for my special people, my VIP moms. But if you look on there, this is, she, me and her are very close friends. When I first met her is because I was filming my my documentary. And she came in and as a high conflict mom. And when I tell you just me and her talking about her issue. Even that day, I was only supposed to shoot her for 30 minutes. She ended up staying at my house for six hours just talking about her situation. And I've seen her make a complete 180 just in how she approaches her dad, her, her, her son's father. So back to this particular friend, when that man, when her husband was approached by this biological dad who wanted to play victim and who he had seen and witnessed stress out his wife and his stepson, and now the mother of his own biological child, he was kind of able to back away and he maintained control. So he made that baby daddy look like a little silly, frazzled boy. And that's kind of, that's what he is. That's what he's been since before she had the baby with him. And I told her, I said, girl, he ain't shit. And she didn't listen. And naja, just stay focused. All right. I'm back here. Y'all. Sorry. You know, I get kind of emotional about this stuff. So. The thing is, I want your partner, I want your husbands, your fiancés, your new partners. I want them to keep in mind that this fragile rock of a nuisance of a baby daddy that they're dealing with—he's not. We make mistakes of thinking that we should hold people to our own standards because we have such a high standard of existence for ourselves. But y'all, these high conflict bio dads of y'all's—they're not anything like your husbands. Your husband needs to understand it. The mistake that a lot of you have made as stepmoms, if you're like, well, my partner made her mother, he was with her, now he's with me, she must be a good person, Uh uh-uh. We all know that people change, we all know that our men made kind of some dumb decisions, and you did too, girl. When you got with that fool, you know, you kind of, you you saw the red flags uh, flying right in your face, and you were like, come on now, girlfriend, you know you did that. Or you know that he took his mask off and he became a completely different person than he initially presented to you. And that's when you had to get out for the safety of yourself and your child. I don't want your partner to engage with this person at all because I I like the emasculation factor. You know, it it feels like you are not worthy to speak to my new husband. This man does not even look at you as a man on his level somebody that he would address you and your husband are going to. And if you feel like you are in physical danger, you guys, you got to protect yourself. The law is not proactive. The law is reactive. You all know I'm very verbal now because my, you know, I'm kind of still in the PTSD phase of it, but when we had that gun incident with Bio Mom, you know, we realized we're playing a whole different ball game now. Yes, we're dealing with an abusive, alienating person that is narcissistic and I can't, I can't diagnose her, but I surely seen some, you know, if it was a narcissistic suit, then her ass would show be tasty. So, but we've seen these tendencies and now it's gone to the point of being dangerous. If you feel like your situation in one that is dangerous, I need you to do whatever you got to do to protect yourself. And I'm not, I, y'all, you know what that means. You protect your household. Because the cops won't get there in, at, until after the incident is done. And I don't want there to be an incident where you become a victim. You and your husband need to make sure you know how to protect yourself at all times. Yes, these pieces of paper are good. They're a good call out. In case something happens where, you know, you've gone to court, you've asked for a restraining order, you've proven to the court that this co- person is constantly violating me. And I, I need you all to do this today. Okay? And when you, I need you to... Call the precinct and go up there today. I don't care if you haven't had an incident in two weeks. You say, you go and tell the officer, my child's father has a tendency to be violent and to make threats, and I think something's going to happen to me. I need an incident report. And they're gonna, you're going to find some donut eater that might be lazy, but you're going to find a really good police officer that's going to say, you know what, if you were my daughter or you were my wife or if you were my sister, I wouldn't want this to happen. And they're going to do the report for you. I had to go to the NYPD six. Six times just to get an incident report. Because I was like, something's going to happen. And they're like, oh, well, that person lives in Texas. Lo and behold, something happened. And I had an incident report. And so it helped. Because if you are ever in the position where you have to physically defend yourself and protect your home, and you have to take matters into your own hand because the law is not there in that moment, you say, officer, I had to protect my household. Um, from this particular person that's laying over there on the concrete. Here's all the paperwork. You ain't going to spend a night in jail. You've also tried. You've The, the courts, again, like I said, gonna, I repeat, the court system, they're not proactive, honey. They're not trying to prevent something from happening to you. They're going to show up after the fact. And I get it. I understand why. But this is why you do have to advocate for yourself. So I want your husband to be very confident that you and him have gone to the gun range. He's taught you how to shoot. You've you've watched his aim. You protect um, things in your household. You're making sure that the kids' emotions are completely covered. You have them in some really good counseling for dealing with this particular dad. You make sure that you get something in writing stating that he can't take them, your biological children out of school, out of daycare. You're fearful that he will hurt them or kidnap them and you won't know as the main caretaker where your child is. These are things that you have to put in place. And I know you're thinking, Naja, I don't feel like doing all that. Or do you feel like going through this pain and anguish? Or you're like, Naja, I've done all that. If you've done everything that I've told you to do, you have to keep going because you don't have a choice. You have to keep going. Until this person is no longer breathing, which I do have. And let me tell you about my last girlfriend. I have another friend who I met her in my blended and black community, the Facebook community and her child, her son's father, they were married. They tried for a long time to have this child finally had the baby through IVF. And then, um, they got divorced. And when I tell you this dude turned into it wasn't, he wasn't physically dangerous, but he's the type of guy that would make you have a mental breakdown as a mother because of all the nitpicking, right? You guys know that nitpicking thing that people that are kind of passive aggressive will do to you, try to pick you apart. This guy would do this. I mean, it was always something when I say every other day and it would be pages of emails and she would get so fragile and disheveled. And I would say, girlfriend, just send me the email. I'm going to tell you what to respond to. And it would literally be a page of accusations and one line to respond to and so you know we started getting her on that method and it helped but it still stressed her out it still stressed her out you know she her, her son was in um orchestra and it came to the point to where the dad was like i don't want to share the cello with you so she had to go and buy her own 600 hundred dollar cello and he had wanted his house and guess what their son had to take two cellos to school Because on swap days, he couldn't take his dad's cello to mom's house. Like, you know, so you see what this does to your kid and you feel freaking awful for it. But these are the this is why I say we got to teach our kids like, hey, listen, um, I I don't operate like this because this is not okay. But this is what you're dealing with with your father. And until I can get until, you know, this is what I'm teaching you to advocate for yourself. And their son was like 13. So guess what, y'all? She called me. Um, I think this was this was also during the pandemic. She called me and it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was like, the hell? Normally I like, turn my ringer off after eleven. But I was, I just happened to have it on. I was like, hey girl, what's what's going on? And she was crying. She said, Naja, it's over. I was like, oh God, are you in jail? Did you kill his ass? What did you run over him? You thought he was a deer. I get it. What and she was like, Naja, he died. I said Y'all, so her son was over at his dad's house for a visit, and the dad, like, had a heart attack or a stroke or something, and he stroked out on the floor, and he called his mom. Like, the ambulance came, and his stepmom was like, call your mom, tell her to come pick you up. So, um, the ambulance was there. So, the last time he saw his dad was when they were doing chest compressions, trying to revive him. And so... Mom came, my friend came and picked him up and found out later that night that he had passed away. This dude had died. And the first, and this is crazy, guys, but you know, when you like my girlfriend, I love her, I think she's amazing. When I saw her, like she was a good mom. She, had I seen high conflict aspects in her? Absolutely. But these people, you know, like he was high conflict too, y'all. It it was just, it, you know, if she was a yellow Eminem, he was one of those bright red ones. You know what I mean? So it it was unequal. She would just try to jug him back when he would come at her, but you know, she 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 stood down a lot. They were they were in court at the time of his death, as a matter of fact. She had just dropped another five thousand dollar retainer, literally that week, and so she's like, "Naja, it's over," and I said how do you feel friend? Tell me how you feel. Cause I don't want to tell y'all how I felt. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I don't, you know, that's evil. That's so mean. She said, "Naja, I feel pain for my son because I just lost my father too, but I feel relief. And she broke down crying. Her, her sobs were being relieved. She said, he did everything he could to make my life a living hell for so many years and I can't believe it's over and I get emotional thinking about it I know you don't want your child's father to die mama I know you don't want anything to happen to this man I know you don't want him to be so incapacitated that he can't screw with you every day but the sense of relief that this woman has has transitioned from okay I don't have to deal with this to now I have to help my son navigate being a fatherless child and he did love his dad for all intents and purposes he did love that guy so her her journey her mission things have gotten easier for her but now you know it's 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 one hard hand to another because now her, her son is in grief counseling and she can't help him because she's not really grieving his father's death it's it's an odd thing right so I want you to think about all this. I want you to take all this in. I want you to make sure your partner understands that he is protecting you just by not engaging. He can't go over there and beat that dude up. He can't He can't respond to the email. He can't even talk to him man to man. Now, I get it. Sometimes as co- our co-parents are going through a hard time in life. They are stressed out. They're having some sort of episode. We all, you know, everybody ain't having a great day every day. But once you guys... See that this is who your co-parent is committing to, committed to being, and they don't—they're not having a chaotic time in their life. They are a chaotic, imbalanced, unstable person. You gotta commit. You have to commit to completely shutting them down, shutting them down. And you remind your partner, mama, step-mama, mama. You remind your partner, I promise you, you are doing everything in your power to protect me. The first thing you're doing is being present. That person abandoned our child. And you have stepped in and taken on another man's responsibilities physically, spiritually, and financially. So you're doing more than what a man should do, should have to do. And that is how you are protecting me and my household. I want you to offer your partner reassurance. I know he might feel emasculated because he can't go over there and beat that dude's ass. But we see men, men get violent, guys. Yeah, we know women shoot, women do make all these false accusations. Men get violent, and someone could get really seriously hurt. And I don't want you to subject your partner, your love of your life, to some trash from your past. Because this trash from your past, they're fighting for their life, honey. They have a bone to pick, and your partner could be the one that gets plucked. And we can't have anything like that to happen. I get so afraid when I see guys engage because men, like I keep reminding you guys of this tendency for violence and we want your partner to stay away from it. So just like you go get your on some paper, he's going to have to go get that restraining order too, just in case again, I, I, with the caveat, in case you guys have to protect your person, your child or your household, and you have to take matters into your own hands. Some very uh, critical matters He needs to make sure, you need to make sure that your man is protected too. Make sure his butt is covered so that if he gets in trouble or there's trouble looming, that there's not hell for your household to pay because your child's father was unhinged and high conflict. Woo, y'all, this is probably the longest VIP that I've done. And surprisingly, it wasn't about a high conflict baby mom, it was about a high conflict baby daddy. I should start doing something, doing some stuff for. For you guys as partners that are dealing with your stuff too, Hmm, I might need to. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Please go back and listen to all of the Vipods. You know, as a VIP stepmom member, I value you and I thank you for your support. I thank you so much for being with me. It's almost been two years now. I think we're coming up on our two-year VIP stepmom anniversary. What that means is we have a new Vipod every month. We have a new expert workshop every month. You still get your coaching discounts. You still get access to Stepmom magazine. You still get access to um, our Zoom meetings that we do monthly. I need you to make sure you check your email so that you can get all of this. Because I always send you emails and sometimes it'll go to spam. So make sure you check your email because I'm always, every time we do a new piece of content, I email it to you. You can also log in at vipstepmom.com slash to visit your member dashboard. On your member dashboard is every piece of content I've done here for my members. So make sure I just want you to be involved. I do this stuff for you. I'm going to do this as long as you guys keep coming. And depending on me for this type of help, I'm going to keep going. So please check the content, log in. There's so much good stuff in there that I just don't share with my Public platform. You see how good the public platform is, but the stuff that I give to you guys, this is a cream of the crop. This is the stuff that I put a whole bunch of time and resource and energy into. So I want you to just know this is for you. It's it's for you and it's by you. So make sure you use it, take full advantage, and just dig into all of this content. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for trusting me. And when I say I love you, I mean that. This is Coach Naza shining signing out, and I'll see you next time. V-I-V-I-V-I-P VI Stepmom, that's you and me!